is standing shall return to the text. First Peter chapter four, verse seven to eleven. First Peter chapter four, verses seven to eleven. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. So that you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others, faithfully administering God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, Amen. Amen. Father, we are grateful to you for your word this morning. We pray that you will speak into our lives. Release your grace, anointing upon us. That the proclamation of your word will be effective and it will do the work that it has been sent forth to do. We yield our lives to you, Father. Every critical spirit... Every powers that rise against the proclamation of your word, we bind them in Jesus' name and we take victory in the house. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated. Today's message is titled, All for His Glory. All for His Glory. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore, be serious and watchful in your prayers. And above all things, have fervent love for one another. For love will cover a multitude of sins. Be hospitable to one another without grumbling. As each one has received a gift, minister to each other as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as he speaks the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies that in all things God may be glorified through Christ Jesus to whom belong the glory and the dominion Forever and ever, and God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Peter tells his readers, today it's us, how to think clearly in days of difficulty. In other words, he's telling, get a reality check. Get a reality check. What is that? He is saying the end is near. The end is near. No kidding. It's time to pray, to be prayerful. According to Peter, to his readers, he says, tough times are coming. Therefore, arm yourselves with a clear mind, with a clear way of thinking. Peter is writing to a group of people who are suffering, going through persecution. They are scattered all over the place. When the church goes through suffering, eternity becomes very clear. Because when the church is going on a smooth ride, when people who believe in God is having the time of their life, Eternity seems to be very bleak. Eternity seems to be very dim and dull because we are busy indulging 
with what we have here. But when the boat starts to rock, that's when there is an unveiling of eternity. When there are pressures and persecutions, when there are pain and problems in life, when there are heartbreaks and heart issues, people tend to look onto God. As a minister, I speak to people, and I always find people who have a clear view of eternity are people who are going through a roller coaster ride in their lives. There are aches and pains. There are challenges in life. When they dig deep into the pocket, nothing but lint comes out. They're going through different kind of crisis. When that happens, people have a tendency to hold on to Jesus and their vision of eternity is sharper than ever before. Wish it was never like that. Abraham, the Bible says, he looked forward to the city, but foundation was architect and builder was God. Living in tents at night would look up and see the clear stars, probably. As he sees the stars, the Bible says, the man was wealthy, was loaded. He kept his eyes upon that city whose builder and architect was God himself. What does that mean? It simply means this, that one does not have to be broke, busted, and disgusted to have a view of eternity. But unfortunately, our eyes are fixed on earth when everything is working fine for us. Therefore, Peter tells the church, the group of people who are going through suffering in their lives. He's saying, listen, hang on there. Tough times you're going through. Be prayerful. Be watchful. Be sober. Meaning clear-minded. Clear thinking. You know, be aware of what's going on around you. There's a sense of urgency in what Peter is saying. Peter is calling out for his people to be good spiritual stewards. Jesus is coming. That's what he's saying. The end is near. Jesus is coming. The opportunity that is presented to us will soon come to an abrupt end. So what do we do? He encourages readers to start using your gifts to minister to each other's need. The coming of Jesus is always a motivation for a holy living. John, the apostle, puts it like that. He who has this hope purifies himself as he is pure and holy. So the hope of the coming of Jesus creates a sense of urgency within us. To be pure and holy as Jesus wants us to be. Here he talks about different things. One he says your love has to be what? Fervent. Meaning what? Your love has to be stretched to the limit. Praise the Lord. A love that openly reaches out to the people around us. A love that is willing to go an extra mile. Thereby showing the world who we are. And not only that, he's saying love covers a multitude of sins. Sometimes we can be caught up with the sins of others. Jesus don't want us to be caught up in the sins of others, but to get ourselves cleansed from our own sins. Praise the Lord. In other words, give an elbow room. In other words, forgive and forget. That's what he's saying. 
And he's talking to the church that is going through persecution. When persecution was released, people started running. And the church history said Christians started hiding in catacombs. They started hiding in caves. And Peter is saying, hey, guys, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. Praise the Lord. Meaning those who were running away had no place to live because of the persecution. Open your heart and your home. If we can open our heart, we cannot open our home. I recently went on a mission trip. And before going, I reached out to one of my friends who had come and stayed at my house for more than a month as he was visiting this country. When I told him that I was coming, the man was very gracious to me. He said, Pastor, you don't have to stay anywhere. Come to my house. I was like, wow, that's so nice at least to hear. Come to my house. Stay at my house. We'll take care of your food. We'll take care of your boarding. And then came the punchline. He said, whatever you spend at the hotel, just give it to us. I was like, wow, I thought he's, he's kidding, you know, because he came and stayed over a month in my house. So I thought he was joking around. So when I reached the city, I gave him a bus, you know, a courtesy call. He came to see me. When he came to see me, to my shock and to my horror, the man made the, the offer all over again. In the end, I thought he would forget that last line. He said, whatever you spend, you just make sure you just give it to me. I said, oh, my God. I mean, I could not. So when I'm reading this, and says, be hospitable to one another without grumbling. I was sitting and I was looking at the man. I said, Lord, when he comes the next time, you think my heart will be open, let alone my home. So I can, I can identify with Peter. You know, I, I felt that emotion within me. And I looked at the guy and said, I don't believe this guy. Well, we went out. We had a good time. I took him out for a treat. And uh, he paid the bill. He picked the bill. And I was like, well, okay. All right. Let's see. You know, interesting, right? So people are of different kind, but uh, that doesn't make us be different. So here, Peter is saying, be hospitable without grumbling. There might be reasons for grumbling. If the heart is not open, definitely the home will not be open. Praise the Lord. Open for what? Open for fellowship. Open for, for prayer. Praise the Lord. Our homes ought to be open for Prayer and fellowship. Our home should be platforms where people are connected to God. Our fellowships are in the direct strength of our fellowship with Jesus Christ. What connects me to you and you to me and we to each other is the connection that we have with Jesus Christ. Take Jesus out of the equation it's not going to last. This is a connection that's going to last for eternity. You might not like the way I look. You might not like the way I dress. I might not be the coolest fellow on earth. But let me tell you, I am connected to Jesus. And you are connected to Jesus. Therefore, we are connected to each other. Praise the Lord. When we realize that the, fel the strength of our fellowship is Jesus... Praise the Lord. That revelation keeps us going forward together. Praise the Lord. Look what Peter is saying. As each one has received a gift, minister to, the, to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Listen, what he's saying is that you are not exempt from gifts. As each one has been given a gift. It means, each one means I am there and you are there. You are not exempted. Turn to your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I am gifted. Yeah, we all are gifted in one way or the other. 
the question is, do you know what's your gift? Do you know what's your gift? Do you know which area you have been gifted? Every one of us has been gifted. That's what the Bible says, each one has a gift. But we ought to discover our gift. The earlier you discover your gift and you start using your gift, you become good at it. Praise the Lord. When you discipline your life and you cultivate a habit of using your gift, you become sharper and sharper and a factor because the gift is from him. He is the giver and with the gift he releases an anointing upon you that makes you effective and sharp so that the assignment that is given to you will be done in a way that will bring glory to his name. So we as church, every one of you should know what your gift is. You have to discover what your gift is. If you don't know your gift, there are methods and mechanisms in place where you can find what your gift is. You should know. Come and talk to me. I will not tell you what your gift is because I might not know, but I can tell you how to discover your gifts. And then Peter is saying the purpose of your gift. And I think the church tends to forget the purpose of our gift. What is the purpose of your gift? He says, use your gift to minister to each other. Uh-huh. Your gift is to minister to each other. Another terminology for the term minister is serving each other. Praise the Lord. Serving each other. We are called to use our gifts to serve each other. Unfortunately, in the church, we see people, they use the gift to promote themselves. For self-promotion. For self-exhibition. That's what a lot of people do. We don't have to do that. The Bible says, God has given us a gift to minister to each other, to serve to serve each other, so that we can build each other up. Praise the Lord. So that we can edify the body of Christ. And he's saying, as good stewards. God wants us to be what? Good stewards. See, stewards in those days... We are required to administer and dispense the material goods of the master in such a way, number one, faithfully, number two, to maintain the master's household and property. Today, we as God's children, we are in the household of God. What is the household of God? The body of Christ. Church is the household of God. And you and I have been assigned as a steward. And God has gifted each one with a gift. And he wants us to discover that gift and use that gift to serve one another. Praise the Lord. Yes, we need to ask ourselves, how are we fulfilling this high and a holy and a noble task God has entrusted us with? Are we being faithful to this task that God has given us? This gift has been given to us not for our personal use. We are called to be good Stewards, when one offers his gift for the benefit of the body of Christ, we serve as servants of the Most High God, serving the body of Christ, and it benefits the community and the church at, at large. God doesn't want us to use it for our personal selfish purpose. Neither does he want us to bury the gift as some are in habit of doing. Praise the Lord. These gifts are used and it brings glory to his name. When we use the gifts according to his 
directions not according to our selfish whims and desires of our life. Why the Bible clearly teaches saying that one day we will have to give account for the gifts that we have been given. We will stand before him and we will give an account for the gifts that the Lord has given. So this morning as we are seated, we need to ask ourselves, Lord, how can I adjust my life in such a way I can use the gift to serve in the body of Christ? Praise the Lord. We are accountable. Jesus in his teachings were very clear that we are accountable to what God has entrusted us with. Praise the Lord. Jesus in his discourse in Luke chapter 12 verse 42, 43. Who is that faithful and wise sir, steward? He asks the question and he concludes by saying, Servant whom his master will find so doing when he comes. Praise the Lord. Quite often because the master's presence is not physically around us, we can become lethargic. We can become careless. We can become casual in our service to the Lord and to his people. But Jesus is saying, who is that faithful and the wise steward? The one, the master when he comes, will see him doing and occupied by doing the will of the one who has entrusted him with the task. Praise the Lord. We have to give an account of what, whether we were efficient with what was entrusted to us. That's what Peter says. Minister to one another as good stewards. Praise the Lord. Are we efficient in the way that we are ministering? Praise the Lord. Look, and he gives an example. He says, if anyone speaks... Let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, serves, let him do it with the ability which God supplies. So there is two things that Peter is talking about. And when you study the topic of gifts in the Bible, we will understand there is two broad categories. One is the speaking gift. The other one is the serving gift. Okay, serving is in different ways. I don't have the time to get into that, so we're not going to get into it. Here, Peter is talking about the speaking and the serving. One who speaks has to speak as one who is uttering the oracles of God. What does that mean? What it means is that you yield yourself completely to the Holy Spirit. Allow Holy Spirit to take over your life. Allow Holy Spirit to use and employ the faculties of your speech in such a way that you become His mouthpiece. You speak on His behalf. Praise God. Yes, we do prepare and you have to prepare. Yes, we need to have notes. That's good practice. But even as we have all these all these things in our hands. We come and we stand yielding to the Spirit of God. Allow Him to speak. In other words, give Him the leverage. Praise the Lord. Allow Him to say what He wants to say. You become the mouthpiece of God. That's why Peter says, speaking the oracles of God. I wish you guys were here last night. Where were you guys last night? Last night, the speaker who was here gave a very powerful message. Last night, for our encounter, we had our brother Praise and Jacob speaking. And I don't know where you guys, you guys really missed it. If you can get hold of a recording, you should get a hold of recording. I don't know if they recorded it, but wherever you were, you missed it. And I was so sad to see that so many people missed what God had to speak through that brother. Praise the Lord. Where were you last night? Where were you? I know it's summer, guys. It's time to go to the beach and, uh, and all those things. But when we have a meeting announced in the church, 
come. God has a word for you. And it's a time and a place where you are encouraged. Praise the Lord. Somebody tells me that we were, we were using our gift in our backyard. We were using our gift somewhere else. That's good. You can use it. Do not do it when there is a meeting going on in the church because you are working against it. Praise the Lord. We all are part of one body. And as part of one body, we cannot have different agendas. We cannot be going in different directions. If we do that, pretty soon, you're going to have a wake-up call. Praise the Lord. Not the pastor calling wake-up call. You're going to have a rude awakening. The body of Christ has to function according to the word of God. God is not an author of chaos and confusion and disorder. There is an order in the house of God. There is an order according to the scripture. Being a good steward means... Being directed by the word of God and the will of God. We cannot enforce our will over God's will. We cannot enforce our desires over his desires. We have to be careful that we align ourselves to the word of God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now that crept in. Okay, let me move on. Praise the Lord. Next week onwards, please don't come to encounter. Encounter is over for the summer. Praise the Lord. Somebody complained to me and saying, Oh, pastor, the encounter is over now. What are we going to do with our kids? I said, you never came for the encounter. Neither did your kids. Now that the encounter is on a pause, you want to come for the encounter. Well, you have to wait till August 27. Till then... The service at 7.30 Saturday night is going on. And if you come on, we will accommodate you also. How? You can find out when you come. All right, let's move on here. All right. Peter is saying you guys have to be diligent. As good stewards, we have to be diligent. Diligent in what? In serving one another. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, one way you serve is speaking. Speaking or during the church, wherever God has placed you. Praise the Lord. It could be in your Sunday school class. It could be only five people. It could be seven people. It could be one. Praise the Lord. But even when you're speaking to that one person, remember, you are speaking the oracles of God. Praise the Lord. This morning as I was seated in the presence of God, I thank God. I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I thank you for the privilege that you give me to share from God's word. It's a privilege, guys. I don't know how many people consider this as a privilege. To serve God is a privilege. Praise the Lord. Whether you're speaking or you're doing something in the house of God, it is a privilege privilege. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When you speak, Paul saying, we did not come to you with enticing words of wisdom, but rather we came with the demonstration of the power and the spirit of God. Praise the Lord. Because Paul was a scholar. He realized that enticing words of wisdom would only give him so much mileage. But he says when the power of the Holy Spirit works in the lives of people, bringing forth transformation and deliverance, it changes lives. It changes the trajectory of life. Praise the Lord. Not only that, he says, listen, you're handling God's supply. Because Peter says, according to the manifold grace that is supplied to you. Do you realize you're handling God's supply? Wow. God's supply. And you know, it's in so many different realms. Number one is the natural ability that God has given us. You know, all of us have different natural abilities. You know, some are good in writing, some are good in drawing, some are good with media. You know, we thank the Lord for our media team. Some are good with uh, 
with, with, with um, the sound system. Some are good with computers. Man, some are good with catering. Some are good with caring. Some are good with uh, hospitality. You know, different natural gifts God has given people. We have to use. Some are good with finance. Oh, my goodness. Some people think only preaching is doing God's will. Some people think that only preaching is the gift from God. Preaching is a gift from God, but there are so many other gifts. And I want to tell you, when you start using it, you will be surprised how much God can use you. Praise the Lord. The natural ability that is imparted in you, when you start using that in the body of Christ, Praise the Lord. And when you become a faithful steward, doing it as unto God, you will be surprised how God will enlighten you. I know boys in the church, I want to say boys because initially it was only boys, but I thank God for the girls of the church who was picked up. You know, some of the boys in the church, they started very young. Uh, in the house of God, doing media stuff. We didn't even call it media then. They used to do sound system, carry sound system, plug-in sound system. So diligent. And you look at their life and you know that God did something for them. I was talking to one of the young men in the church. He told me that in his work, he's been given a special assignment. And his work puts him in a very, very... Very, uh, very, very, very sensitive positions, you know, uh, at times in a very dangerous place. So I asked him, hey, how are you doing with your work? And he said, well, pastor, I'm doing a special project. I said, what are you doing? He says, I am doing, I have a cozy job now. I said, what is the cozy job? He says, you know, I'm doing sound system. I said, you're doing sound system? It's supposed to be out on the streets. We're supposed to be handling people. How come you're doing something? Well, they asked me. Do you? I said. I said. And and you feel that you are you are qualified to do this? Yes, because I learned this in the church. You don't know. I'm a, I don't want everybody to run up to the upstairs and sit in this sound booth. All right. However, we would love you to come when we have midweek meetings. You guys can come and help us out. All right. So what am I saying? And that's just one example. There's so many examples. What am I saying? When you give what has been given to you for God and for ministering to each other, you don't know how far God will take this. You don't know. Be faithful, guys. Be faithful. Look for something in the house of God. The other day we, have, we had a video up there talking about serving, you know. Do your part faithfully. And I'm telling you, God is going to open something through that. That's a doorway that God can open for you that can take you to places that you don't know. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, that's a blessing. So natural abilities. God has filled us with natural abilities. When you give that natural ability to God, God can use that for his glory and for your purpose also. Praise the Lord. And then there are the material goods that God has given. How many of you guys believe that the material blessing that you have is a supply from God? A lot of people don't believe in that. You know, Moses talking to his people says, don't forget when you enjoy all these blessings, don't you ever say it in your heart that you by your power and your strength and your wisdom that you have gained this. That can, that can creep into our mind when we are successful that I did it. But Moses says, no, it's God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. So material goods. You know, when Jesus was doing his ministry here, Luke chapter 8, 3. There were well-to-do women who was part of his team that provided for his needs. It's beautiful. Look, Jesus was moving with an entourage. He has his disciples. And then there were women that was with him. The Bible says they were well-to-do women, women with substance. And they will take care of his needs. Now, they gave their substance with no strings attached. 
You have to understand this. Because this temptation can come to any one of us. Can you imagine the woman saying, Jesus, we supply the last meal. Therefore, you cannot speak this way. However, some of his disciples just say, your teachings are hard. But when we give substance to the house of God, there should be no strings attached. Do you know what the IRS rule is? When you put your dollar into that bucket, you lose your claim on it. Oh, did you know that? You cannot dictate where that goes. Now, that's the IRS rules. But God is the owner of all. When we give our substance, when we use our substance for the building of the kingdom of God, we cannot attach strings to it. Praise God. Yes, so we need to ask ourselves, how are we using our material goods, the homes that God has given us? Are we opening it for the Lord's work? Are our homes consecrated for the cause of Jesus Christ? Is it a haven for prayer and godly fellowship? Or is it a haven for scheming and plotting? We need to ask ourselves, Pastor, how can you say that? Jesus said, he says, my house shall be called a house of prayer, but you, shall, you have made it a house of den of thieves. So anything can be, you know, within a minute, if we are not linked to Jesus, we can go off track. So the blessings, the material blessings that God has given us, we have to make sure that we use it for his kingdoms with no strings attached. Tell your neighbor, no strings attached. Does that sound like a bad idea? I don't know. All right. Okay. The next one is, you know, using our financial abilities, material goods, homes, using our homes to open up, using, giving our cars for rides. I think I, I know that all of you guys are doing it. And um, sometimes using our finance, you know, huh? using it for his glory. Listen, it's a habit that we cultivate. And I want every parent to teach your children to give. If you give when you're poor, listen, if you give when you're poor, you will give when you are rich. If you don't give when you're rich, you will never give when you are poor. I know wealth begets wealth, but one can be wealthy and still be poor in spirit. Praise the Lord. So teach our children to give. Praise the Lord. Give for the Lord's work. Bless the Lord's work. And you will find that they will pass on that heritage to the next, next generation. God has given us two hands. We can give and we can receive. Jesus says it's blessed to give than to receive. I know majority of us love to give. Praise God for that. But sometimes when we keep giving, you know, we have a, we tend to develop an attitude and we are not able to receive. But God can put us in places where we will be forced to receive. When you are in a habit of giving, 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 you don't want to receive, but God can put you in places where you will have to receive. I will give an example. You are driving and you are having a flat. And you don't know what to do. You don't even know where the spare tire is. You don't even know where the spare is. You don't even know whether you have a spare. You don't know what to do. You stand there helpless on the side of the highway. You don't know what to do. And then a car stops. And this guy steps out. You look at him. He has tattoo over his arm. You look at him and he smiles at you and you see one teeth is missing. 
and all kinds of thoughts go through your head. And the guy comes and says, may I help you? And the next thing you see, the guy who does what? He fixes, he changes your, put a spare tire on you and you're on your way. And then that day you realize that, wow, sometimes you can receive. God can put us in places where we have to receive, praise the Lord, and receive things that we have no control on. Imagine, you're going to a hospital, and the hospital staff coming to help. How many times I have received such help when my parents were in the hospital. God puts angels on our path. People that don't know, they come in. They give you information that helps you. People who gives you a landing hand. You know, that's God teaching us that, you know, you cannot always be on a giving hand. At sometimes God puts you on a receiving hand so that you feel what it is to receive and have that humble spirit. Praise God. So many experiences we have. Everything is not settled in dollars and cents. Sometimes it is helps. Sometimes it is a lending hand. Sometimes it's a word of encouragement. Sometimes it's a word of praise. I'm not talking about flattery. I'm talking about genuine praise that boosts the morale of people that God has put around you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But you know, quite often people, there are times when people don't want to give what God has given them. Praise the Lord. As Christians, God wants us to be emulating the generous heart of a father. Praise the Lord. Look for opportunity to bless people. Every time I tell the Lord, Lord, you got to show me who should I bless. I get a call and I'm like, hey, maybe I should be a little slow in making such prayers. Some prayers are answered right away. I don't know why, how that happens. Praise the Lord. But then I was blessed when a, when a speaker was speaking, and this is what he says. If you get a call all the time, people asking you for help, it's probably God telling them or God trusting you to be a person that can emulate his heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Yes, and the church said amen. I know all of you guys are afraid to say amen because you're afraid that somebody sitting next to you would say, Hey, man, can, I, can you help? Amen. All right, somebody said Amen. Be like the sheep who gives the wool. And have no less the next year when it's time to give. Hey. You know the sheep? Every year, the shepherd does what? Shares it. Takes the sheep. The, she, the, the wool off. And next year, what happens? The sheep comes and says, man. What? He didn't say, last year I gave, this year I got. Just because he gave last year does not mean that this year he has. He has not. He have not. I don't know how many of you guys have seen this. Have you seen this? This is Barak. Barak is an Australian sheep. That someone found wandering. And when they found this sheep, there was a tag on its ear which said that it belonged to someone some time ago. But Barak was going around and probably lost or was, was wavered like the wavered sheep that Jesus talks about. And he was found by someone and he reported it to the Australian authorities and they picked him up. This is what he looked like. And the psalmist says, we are the sheep of his pasture. How many of you guys look like this? Huh? How many of you guys look like this? We got wool. But we keep in the wool all to ourselves. And if heaven were to look at us, 
What heaven? Look at this. Oh, my God. With all that cologne and perfume and all those things. This is how we look. I hope you're getting the message. This is Barak after they did the number on him. He was carrying 70 pounds of wools on him to the extent that the guy could not even clear the wool over his eyes. You know, he had the expression, wool over your eyes. This guy was literally wool over his eyes. All right? So, what are we saying? What we are saying is that what God has given us, when we give, when we bless others with our natural ability, with our material goods, with our finance, with the spiritual gifts that God has given us, you know what happens? You get to give more because God has built-in system within us that what happens, the more you give, the more you have. Yeah. Give love, you get love. Give kindness, you get kindness. Give compassion, you get compassion. What you get, you get more of it. But when we hoard it, what happens is, yeah, like Barak, you can have it all over you, but it's a nasty sight in the sight of God. There is only one verse in the Bible which tells us to test God. Do you know where that is? Malachi 4.10. In this you test me, says the Lord, if I would not open the shutters of heaven and bless you so much that you will have an overflowing. Oh, and I thought that our resource was the government or the company that we were working or the business that we were doing. No, yes, we all have a source. We all have a way, but the source ultimately is God. And the Bible says when we are faithful in our tithing, God will take care of our needs. So let me just conclude because we're running out of time. Praise the Lord. To look how Peter concludes that portion. Peter is saying, what is he saying? Uh, if anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies. It's the supplies from God. And in all things, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory. In other words, what has been entrusted to you is for your glory? No. It's for the glory of God through Jesus Christ. All of us, without exempting anyone, should rise up before the Lord, lift up both of our hands and say, Lord, if I've stolen your glory, I confess. How often we steal his glory. We take the credit for what he has given us. In the natural realm, in the material realm, in the finance realm, in the spiritual realm, everything is from him. Peter says, glory goes to God through Jesus Christ. The only stewardship that is approved and acknowledged of the Lord is the one that promotes His agenda, not our agenda. Every time you undertake an endeavor in the name of Jesus or start something else. If it's connected to Jesus, if it has a tinge of Christianity to it, if it's connected to Christ in any way, it has to be done according to the will of God. That is the only one that's approved. Are there stewardships, departments, portfolios, assignments, projects that are run that is not born in the house of prayer? 
I'm not saying don't use your ideas and wisdom. That's not what I'm saying. Make sure you brought it into the presence of God. Allow the light and the fire of God to run through it and push out the dross of selfishness. It's not going to fly. Listen to me. Anything that's done in the name of the Lord has to get an approval seal of the Lord. Otherwise, you can run it for some time and you will see the Lord will put a royalty on it. Because we put the name of the Lord on it. How is it that we can glorify him? Paul writing to the Philippians, he says, and God has exalted him, given him a name which is above all the names, that of the name of Jesus. Everything in heaven and on earth, under the earth, should bow down and confess that Jesus is Lord for the glory of God the Father. So when we make him the Lord, we glorify him. Confess that he is Lord and make him the Lord of everything that we do. Somebody asked me quite some time ago, Pastor, why do you have to start everything with prayer? I said, you're acknowledging him. Isn't that a tradition? We can make it a tradition. You can make it a tradition. But if you're sincere in your prayer, that's not a tradition. Who are you to judge? You to ask him, Lord, we look to you. We are saying we acknowledge your Lordship. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. When we align ourselves to the will of God, we acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. How can he be glorified? I always love the words that Jesus said. Jesus said, I have glorified you. By finishing the task that you have given me. You know how you glorify God? By finishing the task that God gives you. By finishing the task. Don't quit halfway. The world is full of quitters. When you're doing something for the Lord. You say, Lord, I want to finish what you have given me. Let the Lord decide what the finishing line is. Don't you dare to cut through. You would not know what you're dealing with. Let the Lord decide what the finishing line is. Praise God. I have finished the task that you have given me and I have glorified you. How else can you glorify him? You can glorify him by praising him. This is how the psalmist puts it. Praise from the upright is beautiful. Whoever praises God glorifies him. Psalm 50, 23, Psalm 33, 1. God wants us to glorify him with our life with our gifts, with our giving, with our service. And Peter answered by saying, Amen. Can the church say Amen? Praise the Lord. We want to finish our assignments, our task, our life by giving glory to God. We've been called to glorify Him. So when I sing, I want to sing to Jesus. When I speak, I'm speaking on His behalf. When I'm doing something in the church, I'm doing on His behalf. 
when I'm dealing with my gifts, I'm using it for his glory. When I'm serving one another, yeah, someone's benefiting out of it, but glory goes to God. I want the church to stand up for one minute. I want you to raise up your hands. I can only ask you to raise your hands, but what comes out of your mouth, what comes out of your heart is between you and God. But would you want to tell him, Lord, I want to acknowledge that what I have been given is from you. I want to acknowledge you as the giver. You are the giver. I am who I am. I am where I am. I am what I am. And if I amount to anything tomorrow, it's all because of you. I say that. And I also say, Lord, help me to be faithful to you and to anything that you have entrusted me with. Anything. I pray that you will strengthen my arm to give but if you want to put me on a receiving end and if it's going to touch the core of my pride Lord I put myself in your hands Lord there are areas that my wealth cannot buy there are areas where my ability cannot work there are areas where my hands cannot reach but I know that your hands are eternal hands. Your hands can reach everywhere. And if you choose to use someone to bless me, I will receive it. It takes a humble heart to receive. Will you put your hands up saying, Lord, I'm willing to receive. Receive from you receive from anyone that God uses to bless me. There are areas in our lives where we need divine intervention. There are areas in our lives where we need our brothers and sisters to come to our aid. And we need to open ourselves up and say, yeah, I need help. I need aid. I need you to come through for me. When God sends someone your way, be sensitive. Be sensitive to Him. Otherwise, you're going to miss it. Can heaven depend on you to emulate the generous heart of the Father? Give the Holy Spirit room to work in your heart right now. not always dollars and cents. Please listen. Don't misunderstand. Sometimes it's just encouragement. Sometimes it's a lift. Sometimes it's a counsel. Sometimes it's a correction. The house of God needs people who can counsel and correct people. Oh my God. How often I see people just ignore when people are doing something wrong. They just simply ignore because nobody wants to fall in the, in, 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 in the wrong light in somebody's eyes. No. You correct someone because you care. You correct someone because you love. You correct someone because it's a gift. You correct someone because the Bible, God calls for it. And it takes boldness to correct someone. Don't have to be nasty. The Bible says, as Paul puts it, speak the truth in love. Praise God. When heaven looks at you, what is the vision heaven has about you? Barak before or Barak after? Can you say, Lord, make me Barak after? Oh, but you're going to lose. No. Every year, you're going to have more to give because God would initiate it. God would put it into motion. 
I've seen so many Christians who regret, says, I regret I came. I said, please don't say that. Please don't say that. Praise God. No, you don't regret. You should not regret. Praise God. It's a privilege. It's a privilege because you're connected to the source and you're just a channel that allows the blessings to flow freely. Father, we commit ourselves into your hands. Lord, I commit myself into your hands before this word. And every heart that is here, that's lifted up. Lord, I pray as we acknowledge that you are the source of blessings. I pray that grace will flow through us. And that we will use all our gifts for your glory. For your glory. By making you the Lord of our lives. By making you the Lord of our projects and assignments. By making, giving you praise and finishing the task at hand. To Christ be the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.